Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we have a commission from one of the hosts of the Animation Deliberation podcast, also found on the Strand Panda Network at strandapanda.com. Jay Scotty Sinclair asks us to talk about directors and writers we want to see in the MCU. All that and more of that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. We're, we're talking about our buddy, Jay Scotty's commission today. Jay Scotty's been a patron for a while now, and he sent in this wonderful commission idea. Uh, scoots! Yeah, Scoots! <laughs> you put some respect on that name. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So you want to read us what his commission was? Yeah. He says... Yo, guys, now that you're making your way through the commission episodes, I am motivated to submit my idea for an episode. It's a fairly straightforward one. Who are some directors or filmmakers you'd most like to see tackle MCU films that haven't yet? And which character or characters do you envision them taking on? It doesn't necessarily have to be your favorite directors, but ones whose unique visions you imagine contributing to MCU. Not to steal anyone's thunder, but I'll get the ball rolling with my suggestion. Rick Famuyiwa, Famuyiwa, I did it, I did it, <laughs> <laughs> to take on Blade. We already know Mahershala Ali has been cast in the role for a Phase 5 film, and Famuyiwa recently demonstrated a knack for genre horror bending with one of the episodes of The Mandalorian he directed. Mm. If not Blade, Brother Voodoo lives in a similar horror-esque vein, and it'd be rad to see him be introduced into the MCU forthright. Looking forward to your answers. Hope you have some fun with it. Until next time, true believers. Yeah, hey, thanks, Jay Scotty. Um, yeah, and I think he did this. I think actually the director has been named now for Blade, but like he didn't know that because he commissioned this a while ago. And it's still very much in the wheelhouse to talk about today because... We've got lots of, there's always new directors and writers and stuff that we'd like to see in the MCU. Here was my problem. I kept thinking about who are my favorite directors, who are like people that I love. And mm. I just like kept thinking of people that were already being used in the MCU. I mean, yeah. like, I started thinking, like, who do I love? Who are some of my favorite directors? James Gunn. I was like, James Gunn. Nope. Joss Whedon. Nope. Uh, Ryan Coogler, nope. Sam Raimi, it, coming soon, you know? And then I was yeah. like, uh, Russo, the Russo bro Brothers. The Russo <laughs> Brothers, who I would have never named as some of my favorite directors. But if you had said to me, someone who directed Arrested Development and Community would like to direct an MCU movie, I would have been all on board for that. And it would have been completely different in your head what should have been, you know, knowing that they were coming on board. Right. Exactly, exactly. I was sitting here like, okay, so I guess this is one of those times where I should dig in to the things I love and figure out who is responsible for some of these other things I love. Nah. And, and so I, I spent some time on IMDb <laughs> is basically how I kind of solved this. And you know what was really funny? Tell me. And it's, it's got me more excited. I teased this yesterday on yesterday's episode. It's got me excited for Morbius because have you seen Lost in Space? The Which one? The Netflix show, the new Netflix show. I watched a few episodes of it. I've been meaning to go back and watch it. It is great. Is it great? It is so freaking good. And it fits the vibe of MCU pretty well. It's family adventure story, kind of for all ages. Adventure. Every episode, I find myself just completely on the edge of my seat. Like, I was really 
really impressed with Lost in Space. And I was sitting here before I saw this commission from Jay Scotty, I was sitting there going like, man, those I, I need to find out what else those the, the, the person who is responsible for this show has done. And so, you yeah. know, with TV shows, it's a little different because it's the writers who are more the showrunners, you know. And so yeah, I looked yeah, yeah. into who's the showrunner for this show. And it's a guy named Matt Shazma who wrote Morbius. Huh. So I was sitting here. Okay. I literally was like, I need to have an excuse to talk about this on the podcast because I loved Lost in Space. I think it is freaking awesome. I watched two seasons in like two nights because I was loving it so much. And I was sick with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember you ever talking about Lost in Space before. But now I get it. It's been within the past week. I've gotten to watch a lot more TV, like just sit and enjoy TV this week because I had COVID and couldn't do or do anything or go anywhere. Matt, you look different. You getting a little lost in space in you? I, I definitely did. I definitely did. But, you know, that's what was so funny is like <laughs> I, I started trying to do this commissioned episode and I was like, man, every director that I can think of has already that like it would be a good fit has already done it. And then I thought of Matt Shazma. And then I looked and he's going to be in more. He's doing Morbius, which is like in, you know, a couple months. And I was like, man, they, they're just doing they're They're doing a great job over there. <laughs> Those Marvel guys are doing great. Yeah. You know what? I think I like it. <laughs> Maybe we should start a podcast. About it. <laughs> the, and, and of course, the one director that also comes to mind that has yet to direct a Marvel movie. I think you can guess who. I'm still upset that they have not directed a Marvel movie. The one that I could think of, and that's Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, I love Edgar Wright. I love the Cornetto trilogy. I love Baby Driver. I haven't seen his new uh, Once Upon a Time in Soho or something like that. Um, he has still not directed a Marvel movie. So anyway, those were my first initial things. And I was just like going down the list and I was like, man, they've either already burned bridges or used everybody that is my favorite. And, and then I find one more guy and they're using him now, or at least the <laughs> Sony is. Um, so you want to, you want to throw yeah. out one of yours? Well, I mean, I, I like that, that Scotty started off with a horror esque kind of mm -hmm. kind of vibe. Cause you know, I feel like, that sort of uh, that sort of horror and suspense could do well in an MCU uh, type, you know, type space with like a Doctor Strange or a Blade or uh, really anything of the the darker side of the verse, because um, there's a lot of like vampire hunter type things in there. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> I think that like a really good mystery Kind of like a, like a like a lucky number Slevin or Seven or Fight Club. Those kinds of films would do well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wanted to stay away from like the Tarantinos and the the Ridley Scotts and the you know the the big names that we've that we've seen because like of course those would be fun to see in the MCU. But um, in looking at it. Uh, the the director of Seven and Fight Club and Zodiac, uh, all the same person. And mm. he also did The Game, which was a Michael Douglas film yeah, in the yeah. 90s. Uh, he also did Panic Room, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Social Network, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This director is David Fincher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that sort of vibe that that goes on in 
seven zodiac fight club panic room that kind of like just suspense all the time without you know the suspense of not knowing the suspense of the unknown yeah it like, doesn't have to be horror as with fight club like he's it's very suspenseful and very like just just keeping your head space in a weird place you know yeah i think that sort of thing in the mcu would be a ton of fun yeah i like that i like that david fincher is a great director um yeah i dig it man i dig it yeah so is there a certain character or like i obviously you you're talking in the horror realm is there anybody that you'd want him to tackle uh i don't i don't really have anybody in particular um although it would be fun to see something like uh the the first thing that comes to mind is oh no no i got it i got it all right um so the thing with Fight Club is that there's this like secret other personality, right? Which we're also kind of getting uh, dissociative identity disorder type thing. Yeah, with Moon Knight. Moon Knight. But what about like the darker side of that with somebody like Robert Reynolds, the, who is Century? Uh, you can actually see Century on my shirt. Century uh, <laughs> is like stronger than Thor, kind of powerful. Wow. But he's mentally unstable and has a darker side called the Void. And when the void comes out, it's basically like everybody has to team up to like just stop him and try to contain him. Because he's so unbelievably powerful. He's so powerful that like he was around early in the verse, like, you know, the, it, it was retconned or whatever, but like he was around early in the verse and Reed Richards had to wipe the minds of everybody on earth to make them forget that he existed so that he could live like just as a normal Robert Reynolds, but then still, you know, eventually came up, came into his powers or whatever. And was like, you know, crazy, stupid, powerful. Mm. Okay. I dig it. I think that sort of head case of like, if you're trying to figure out who's doing the bad stuff and he's trying to investigate it or whatever. Right. And it's him. And it ends up being him. Yeah. Like, that would be so great. Very, very, that very David Fincher with, uh, with the fight club connection. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Well, my first one that I'm going to throw out is, is another big name. Uh, but he has such a breadth of work, but I have a very specific idea for him. Uh, okay. Adam McKay. Oh, I, f I know that name. Uh, yeah, he well, he's got to start doing things like Anchorman and these like Will Ferrell comedies. But more recently, okay. he started doing things like The Big Short, um, uh, Vice, and most recently just dropped on Netflix is Don't Look Up. Okay, that's where I know the name from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he's just just wonderful. Uh, I, I like his stuff a lot. It has a lot of the heart while like kind of being hard hitting at the same time um, and being funny and light while being like, let's look at the really heavy stuff. And I think a like Adam McKay style sort of not necessarily docu-series. It could be similar to Don't Look Up where you're sort of like experiencing what the world is experiencing. Um, but a look at the Dark Avengers as they're forming. And like, I could totally Ooh. see like Julia Louis Dreyfus as Val, like kind of this like 
working behind the scenes like i put this team together it's almost like a the boys vaught vibe where like they're putting they're putting the new avengers together because and you just sort of get this idea that there's this dark undercurrent that the like heart of the team is not there you're sort of missing and it could even question the very idea of the avengers themselves like it kind of get get into the idea that like the the Avengers, yeah, but didn't they kind of cause all the problems they solved, you know? Like, didn't a lot of this stuff happen because Iron Man became Iron Man? And, like, sort of, like, question Tony Stark's legacy and... Um, kind of like they did in Civil War? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Our very strength breeds conflict. Yes, exactly. But, like while building a new team and sort of trying to replace those elements. But this team will have oversight. But then you sort of like get the idea that that sort of Captain America idea where it's like, yeah, but the government is still people. And these these like the council (laughs) is still people and they're still going to have their own political motives. And, you know, I could just see Adam McKay doing like a freaking awesome, weird. I could even see it being like a mockumentary style thing where like. It's a documentary inside of the MCU, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. It'd be fun. When I was doing my IMDb uh, sleuthing for this one, I like I had in my head, like, what if, you know, what if we had something like The Office? Mm. And, you know, that kind of yeah, mockumentary yeah, yeah. style. And, like, that kind of fits right along in with that. Yeah, totally. That's very much the vibe I'm thinking, especially with Adam McKay being so... Uh, like having such a history in comedy and still like his movies are really funny uh even when they're tackling serious stuff and that's what i think he could do it well and like really show the dark side of what what makes the dark avengers the dark avengers without making the mustache twirly they're just like self-interested people doing self-interested things but it leads to these like problems you know yeah, well, like any one of them being self-interested wouldn't be a problem. Right. Except that it's all of them are self-interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a snowball that makes it just really terrible. Like, oh, this is an awful team. Well, and it's reminding me of the interviews that we got on uh, in Fatwas when you've got John Walker talking about being the new Captain America, you know? Uh, yeah. You could totally see the sort of the same thing, but for the entire team, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, that is such a Vought vibe. Yeah, it's a real Vought vibe, for sure. Um, but I think it'd be through a totally new kind of genre, you know, new lens, I guess. Yeah, even if they didn't do uh, Dark Avengers in that, like, I think a, a Blue Marvel would be a, a pretty solid choice for that as well. Okay. Blue Marvel is, is very much, um, you know, focused on the, I guess, the shitty side of history. <laughs> mm. Like... He, he's one of those super powerful guys, but uh, he is he was a black man in 60s America. So if he ever like when he the, the moment he took his helmet off or the moment his helmet was removed and people saw that he was a black man being a superhero, mm. they stopped loving him. Right, right, right. And suddenly so like, he's. Yeah, suddenly mm. he was a bad person. Like, oh, can't have. Anyway, so like having that sort of. Uh, that sort of lens into like, what is it that makes you love heroes or, or what makes a a hero versus a villain, you know, whatever, you know, what makes this guy not as good as those guys, that sort of thing would be a a great type of thing. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. Like, why do we love heroes? 
Do you know? It's a Vought thing. It's from from the boys, which, by the way, is they just announced is June 3rd, I think, is coming yeah, out. June 3rd. It's the day before my birthday is when the first three episodes come out. Oh, nice. You'll get to podcast a bunch on your birthday. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing, but we are we are planning to try to really do it up for the boys because like we've done a lot with the Marvel stuff lately of like live watches and instant reactions and all this stuff. And I really like to do that for the boys because I think it's it's up there for like the kind of show that we should be covering. It's so good. It's really good. It's really really freaking good. So the next one on my list of of three um, is one that has a. I would call it a peculiar vibe. Okay. It's, there's a certain peculiarity to the things that he's worked on. So the, the name is Barry Sonnenfeld. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, what, yeah. You know what Barry's worked on? I believe so, yeah, but make the list. Uh, he's worked on Adam's Family. Yeah. Adam's Family Values, and we're talking about the live-action ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Get Shorty. Yep. All three of the Men in Blacks. Yes, that's right. That's he where did I Wild Wild West. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he directed almost every episode of a series of unfortunate events. Oh, the, the Netflix that, series. That makes absolute sense. I didn't realize he done Doesn't that one. it? Right? It makes absolute complete sense. <laughs> a lot of those I knew, but I did not know that one. That's cool. That uh, that sort of like kind of like a twist on reality. Yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Feel to it. It's almost Tim Burton-esque in a way. Yeah, like Tim Burton light almost, Yeah, Tim yeah. Burton in a different light. <laughs> Tim Burton a little less creepy. Right. Like 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 creepy, but creepy, but still family friendly somehow. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> Tim Burton doesn't know when to make the penguins stop, you know? Yeah, like, uh, a, like a wholesome <laughs> creepy. <laughs> like, I don't know if wholesome and creepy really belong in the same sentence, but it kind of feels like that's what we're going for. Yeah, no, I like it. Wholesome creepy. <laughs> so yeah, Barry, Barry Sonnenfeld has that, that particular style. And I think that that would be, I think that would be pretty fun. Uh, in the MCU, I don't know what to put it on though, because like, hmm. what do you do with that? Do you do? I don't know. Okay, so I know it would undo past content, but cloak and dagger. <laughs> Just the two of them being creepy at each other, around each other. Uh, yeah, but also just like the creepiness of the environment with just like sort of real characters. I don't know. I I, yeah. I could see it. I could see it. I, I, it's kind of like they are the the kids of a series of unfortunate events. Because, <laughs> you know, everyone around them dies and they have such crazy lives after a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen much of that a series of unfortunate events. I think I saw the like movie years ago or something, but I don't think I've seen the they, they did like the whole series now. Right. Yeah, yeah, the movie's trash. There are two seasons, I think. Yeah, I've it heard it's much closer to the source material, three. and it's NPH as the uh, yeah as the whatever his name is. I don't know. I even know the name. I, I I did not grow the up the antagonist, those books. the primary antagonist. Right, right, right. I didn't know if he had a name. <laughs> I think NPH. He, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> not bad. That's not bad. I like it. Yeah. I mean, he does technically have a name, but uh, you're just going to have to go watch it since you've had so much time for TV. I, I have this week. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't like I literally had a lot of stuff I wanted to work on. And every time I tried to get out of bed, I was just like, 
uh, I can't do it. Like I tried to like I'm cook for myself dead. this week, and I was like, nope, can't do that either. You want to hear a funny, short divergent story? Um, I tried. What to- divergent? <laughs> I I don't like that director. No, he's not. That's that's not what I was actually. I, I like Divergent, okay. Uh, <laughs> I never finished that series, but I thought the concepts in the first one were good. It was very much like I could see, oh, I could see why this book would hit with teens. Um, so I was, as I said, uh, you know, close to death. Couldn't really, uh, I tried to cook for myself. Once I started feeling better, I was like, I'm going to just order pizza tonight because I just can't, I just couldn't do much. So I went to order pizza. The website didn't work. It kept saying error. And I was like, dang. So then I went and tried to order from a different place. It also wouldn't work. It said it was closed for delivery, even though it was like seven o'clock. I was like, what in the world? Oh, man. Bummer. So then I complained. Was this, was this Dom, uh, Domino's and Papa John's? The other uh, night? No, it was, it was Domino's and Pizza Hut, actually. Oh, man. I had issues with Domino's and Papa John's earlier this week. That's funny. Well, my story ended weird. Because then I complained to Alyssa. I was like, man, this sucks. I'm just sitting here. I'm just tired and I can't, can't get the, any pizza places to work. I was just being whiny. And then I finally found out Uber would deliver Pizza Hut. So I was like, okay, I'll order through Uber. So I ordered through Uber. About 30 minutes later, there's a knock at the door. I was like, it's been too fast. Like, it's not ready yet. I go to the door. <laughs> It's the Domino's order that the website said did not work. (laughs) So then I take out my phone to text Alyssa. I was like, oh, no, I think I mistakenly ordered twice. And then I see the message from her that she had sent me that I never saw that said, hey, I may or may not have sent you pizza. Aww. (laughs) Which is very sweet of her. It is. Except two other pizzas were on their way. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't see she'd said that. So now three different pizza places, Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Hungry Howie's were all at my door within the same 30-minute whatever. It was Oh, that's amazing. It was ridiculous. So, like, that's been, like, trying to eat pizza, but not only pizza, for, like, days now. I'm like, I need to make it through all this pizza, but I don't. I need to eat oh other God, things. Oh, my God, that is... <laughs> That's that is a great problem to have. I've been like drinking smoothies full of vegetables and been being like, all right, I guess I'll have two slices of pizza for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Got three freaking pizzas. Okay. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, okay, my next one. And I feel like Jay Scotty would be mad at me if I did not mention this fella. Noah Hawley, who made the show Legion okay. and Fargo. Fargo. And he is now has Alien. Uh, he has an Alien series coming. Uh, Ridley Scott's Alien, but it's a series. Um, I think he is freaking awesome. And I like his ability to do mm. like really trippy stuff. He's really good at period pieces. He's got a lot of 60s style in his stuff. Um, he's really good at ensemble uh, and like morally ambiguous characters. And I would say Fantastic Ooh. Four, baby. Fantastic Four could be good. Fantastic Four would be just like his trippy style, like oh, the uneasy nature of the stuff. 60s, like, I don't know. I just think like really good at making these morally ambiguous characters who you root for, but you you also see 
why they're bad. And like a Reed <laughs> Richards character would be very good to have that sort of built into his character early on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like you you want him to succeed kind of, but you kind of hope that somebody like puts him on his face yeah. just a little bit along the way. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, God, I know that you're ultimately a good guy, but just want to punch you right in the jaw. <laughs> Uh, you you sound that. like you, you you had a different take on it. Whoa, based on my description. Oh no! Uh, so the 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 aesthetic that you're going for, or the the ability to work with moral ambiguity, moral ambiguity, um, and you know, doing good for period pieces and whatnot. I think that would be a really good contender for a Hercules story. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like Hercules throughout the ages, but like, you know, the, the, the tales that you got of Hercules in Greco-Roman mythology are not necessarily like great for like, they're, they're not necessarily heroic. There's a character that, uh, that spawns out of that pantheon in those comics that is Ares mm -hmm. and Ares is one of those anti-hero you know, not sure if he's a great guy, but he is kind of a hero. He's the like the Wolverine of the Mighty Avengers, which comes after Civil War. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that that type of character would be really fun for him to play with. Plus, like all of the people that Hercules has dealt with over the you know the span of his lifetime. You know, being that that hero with longevity. Yeah, like if they were to make a movie that sort of focused on that, uh, the 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 Hercules and his pantheon, uh, that could be. Yeah, I could see that. I like it. Yeah, all of them are self-serving assholes, basically. <laughs> like that's exactly it. Like Noah Hawley's really good at recognizing there is good and evil in the world, but also that people are people. Like there, there's, yeah. there's the good and the bad guys. There's always like the cops and the robbers and stuff in Fargo, but they're still all people. So there's that, that, you know, exactly what you're saying. Just, you know, going along that line, you'd have something like, uh, like with Zeus, you know, Zeus is an arrogant ass, but he did have a large hand in saving humanity from the Titans. So like, right. thanks for that, I guess. But mm. like, you're, you're kind of being a dick now. And you're you're kind of being a dick about it. <laughs> like, uh, if you could just not be a dick, that'd be great. <laughs> I feel like the Titans, and I know, I know, in I'm sure in the comic version there's something different, but uh, I feel like the Titans and the Celestials would have to have some sort of relation if they did it in Marvel. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's hard to do a, a Hercules story without going exactly the road of Eternals. In that, like, oh, been around for a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be a, a like death and rebirth kind of thing. And like the hero is reborn. Oh, true. Um, the same way that they actually do it for um, Eternals and comics. Uh, well, I mean, kind of kind of like that, like Eternals and comics is like they, you know, if they get killed or dispersed or whatever, they like pop out of an Eternals maker in the Antarctic. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. But like. This would be like um, they're kind of reincarnated as a as a new person, mm -hmm. um, which is what they did with Loki. That's why he was Kid Loki in the Thor series, because he had died and he had been reborn as Kid Loki. OK, gotcha. Gotcha. In the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the comics. Cool. Uh, OK. Do you have anything next? 
Oh yeah, I've got uh, I've got my my third, I guess my third and final because it was real damn tough to <laughs> to come up with stuff that wasn't in the MCU because like you know I'm like oh yeah Kev- Kevin Feige has already got all of my favorite directors or did he present them to me and they became my favorite directors? Is it a chicken egg kind of thing? <laughs> right. That's what I love about these conversations is it gave me an excuse and I appreciate Jay Scotty for commissioning it because it gave me an excuse to be like. What if I really enjoyed lately and who's behind it? Like, which is always, I think, a good sort of like non media hype way of realizing like who's really good. You know, sometimes I'll see just like a really great episode of television and, you know, directors, you can tell this one episode is just freaking killer. It's heads above the rest of the series. And then you can go see who wrote and directed that episode. And then you sort of follow their career and see what they're doing next. What they're And I love that kind of stuff. So this was a really fun exercise to be like, what have I seen lately? Honestly, for me, I, I'm not as big into other, other media, I guess. Because like thinking on it, I was like, no, I don't know any directors that are not <laughs> MCU related. I had to like start digging into my past and like, what 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 did I love growing up? Uh, Braveheart that was directed by Mel Gibson. He's kind of uh, he's he's kind of troublesome right now. Uh-huh. Not great. He's problematic. He's, he's problematic. problematic. That's the word. That's a problem. Sorry. And then like I love Die Hard. Yeah. And the guy who did Die Hard did a whole lot of action movies, and like we don't yep. really like action movies just for action. No, but that hard is great. Well, and, 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 you know, it's, it's what you're, what you're doing digging into the past. The interesting thing is a lot of those guys, a lot of those directors, the ones you've mentioned, like they would be great. I think they could do a great job, but they, they have this view of themselves probably that they wouldn't really want to do a Marvel movie. You know, like it's a, like a lot of those yeah. guys are like, yeah, I made, you know, I made Fight Club. I don't need to make the next Marvel. Movie. I don't need to make the 25th Marvel movie or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, that's like asking Scorsese to do a Marvel movie. He's like, I'm so far above that. Right. A lot of them probably feel that way. But, but you know, a lot of them do have that that taste. I I think that um the, the last one you mentioned, the one who did all the uh men in black ones and stuff barry sonnenfeld yeah sonnenfeld yeah yeah uh he's he's really killer i think he would be a lot of fun would fit the vibe a ton yeah well who's your third uh my my third and final is uh an up-and-comer like i was looking into the past for the other guys but this one is somebody who has uh, a decent amount of acting credits to his name but also has gotten into producing and directing and writing and is proving himself to be fan-freaking-tastic at it. Uh, You know him from Lovecraft Country. Mm. Jordan Peele. Jordan freaking Peele would be a phenomenal addition to the MCU. Yeah, for sure. Are you sure Jordan Peele did Lovecraft Country? He's an EP on it. Right, right. Okay, executive producer. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Gotcha. I just knew he didn't... I don't think he wrote or directed it, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, no. that's true. You know, Jordan Peele and a lot of other things, obviously, Get Out, uh, us, us, Antebellum. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think Jordan Peele's a very visionary director and does very interesting work. I don't know what would he cover in Marvel though. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like mm. he's acted in a lot of like funny stuff. He would be freaking great at live action. What if? Yeah, live action. What if would be funny with him in it well he just he just was the uh roger serling character on the new twilight zone yeah twilight zone 
Yep. I was actually just looking at that on his credits right now. Like he's got a writer credit, uh, you know, creator, you know, story by whatever for the Twilight Zone, the new the new series. And um, yeah, he's also got producer credits there because you know, he's EP there. Him at the helm doing writing for things like the Twilight Zone where like things are weird. That would be a great I think that might be a great time to put Fantastic Four into play is with some somebody like him mm. at the helm. Yeah. You know, somebody who can write the weird like that. Well, write the weird. And also, like, there is a horror element. There's always supposed to have been a horror element to Fantastic Four. You know? Yeah. This, like, yeah. the idea that, you know, that they're, they're these transformed people. Ooh. X-Men. Ooh, yeah. Mutants, just in general. I could see it. I could see it. I like Jordan Peele's work a lot. It's very allegorical. It's very like one to one intentionally allegorical, which I I wonder if the kind of filmmaking that the MCU is would interest him. You know, like it's very it's such a different, almost different kind of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, just to see I haven't seen him do something that's just like straight up and down like a character going through a journey. It always feels like very like I mean it's very statement pieces. I, I love his work. It's just but that's yeah. yeah, it's interesting to try to think of like what he would tackle in the MCU. X-Men. I I could see it. I could see it. I mean, X-Men is like straight up allegory for, you know, the civil rights movement. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, him being a uh, a black filmmaker and having, you know, that experience of you know, of being uh discriminated against for be for his otherness, you know. That yeah. would be Right up his alley. Yeah, dude. That's that's a good point. Now you got me thinking about our uh, idea for Magneto being Denzel Washington. Uh, and yeah. now I'm like, mm. Magneto being Denzel Washington and... Um, and the civil rights movement being the uh, impetus. Whoopi Goldberg being <laughs> Professor X. I still think that's mostly a joke. Uh, not that she couldn't be, but I, I just don't... I don't I, Whoopi Goldberg has done some great things. Playing opposite Denzel in that role, I don't know. I don't know if I could see it. 100%. Just put her role in <laughs> her role in Star Trek: The Next Generation in a wheelchair. Done. Done. You're done. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, my last. I've got. I've got two more. Um, first, I have uh, Isla Nashuler. Uh, I don't re- know who that is at all. Yeah, recently directed the movie Nobody, which I just really enjoyed. It's um. That was with Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, Bob Odenkirk, old man, used to some sort of like, has some sort of past in criminality or whatever, and then kind of goes off and gets back into it. Uh, And it is just great. And the action is super fun and brutal and uh, heartfelt. And you just, he throws his whole body into just these like fight sequences and it's really good. And I just think him doing the Punisher with John Bernthal. Ooh, yeah. Would be a lot of fun. Man, that, um, I went and looked up his stuff. He does not have a lot in director yeah. credits, but one of the ones that stands out is Hardcore Henry. Yep. Yep, which I've never seen, uh, but I've seen the trailers. I haven't either. Like, I, I saw the trailers, it was like, it looks kind of gimmicky. It's the first person one, right? Yeah, it's 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 first person, but I remember it also being pretty brutal mm-hmm. from the uh, from the trailers and like that sort of 
POV almost, or that sort of that sort of approach to to physical combat for the Punisher would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like cutting to some first person shots of being the Punisher, like that could be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it would. Uh, yeah, I know it's been done in a few movies. What was it? Doom that did that? That was like the big like. I don't know, sort of revolutionary at the time. It was like oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden they went into first person mode for like the light, the final fight sequence or whatever. And it made you feel like you're playing the old game Doom. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't really want to feel like I'm playing the old Doom game <laughs> when I'm watching. Yeah, I feel like that's part of the goal. Uh, but but I, I could totally see if you're doing that from the Punisher and then like suddenly Punisher switches to first person for a minute. Like that could be intense. Oh, dude, imagine. Oh, imagine if you got like a first person view of when the Punisher was doing his hallway sequence in like the hallway of the prison. Mm. And yeah. like the, the, yeah. the first person view ends like that shot ends when he's just like dogpiled by everybody. And it like, you know, it just covers up the out. camera. Yeah, yeah, totally. it just covers up the camera and like pans out to where like he's got everybody on top of him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I can totally see it. I just I, I have this vision of like the finale of a Punisher movie being like, he's tracked down like someone who was really responsible for his family's death. And he's just like really wanting to get them, you know? And there's just like a chase scene where he's just like, just murdering everyone who's protecting the person. And just his hands are reaching out to stop the, uh, anyway, anyway, I didn't even think, I didn't think about hardcore Henry, but yeah, that's pretty fun. Um, (laughs) but just his brutal style of action. Like this guy makes brutal action movies. Yeah, but they have heart and he's good with character work as well. So I think a Punisher movie directed by him could be badass. That could be real good. Yeah. My last one is um, Steve Blackman, who's another like I just started thinking about what have I enjoyed? What has been interesting vibe? And I came up with Umbrella Academy. I really enjoyed the vibe and the like character building and all of that. And the showrunner for that is Steve Blackman. And I went and looked at what he's else he's done. And I was not, uh, not at all surprised to see other good things on there. (laughs) He's got Fargo and Legion, which of course, which means he kind of came out of the school of Noah Hawley, which, uh, I dig. And then also altered carbon is on there. Ooh, That's such a good show. Great show. So he's written for all those shows. And most recently he's the showrunner and writer for umbrella Academy. And I'm thinking about this, like sort of just like ability to tell these stories that like wrap around on themselves and tell these stories with different versions of a character. And I want to mm-hmm. see him make a Kang movie. Oh yeah. It also totally fits the vibe of the TVA and his control of the TVA, like that, like, uh, aesthetic that you get the seventies sort of aesthetic he uses in umbrella Academy, especially the aesthetic of the temporal agency that they go visit. Yeah. It's totally the TVA. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And oh. it, it also fits the, I'm my, the, I'm my own worst enemy kind of vibe that Legion has going for it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh man, that could be real good. Yeah. Dude, Steve Blackman, a Kang movie. No, not a Kang movie, a Kang series. Oh yeah, that could that could work too. That could work too. <laughs> Can you imagine like 
really getting a first person view of that sort of story that he who remains, sorry, not, not a literal first person view. We were just talking about that. Like, but just like, <laughs> that's a different, different director, <laughs> <laughs> a first person idea of seeing the story of he who remains where he like encounters other versions of Kang's and they sort of like bounce back and forth between universes and they're friendly at first and really getting to see that multiversal war begin you know? Oh, man. Could be really rad. And then you get the idea of what his goals are, and you really get this. I feel like Kang is such a confusing villain. You almost need, like, <sighs> an establishing movie for him. You know? Yeah. You're, you're, you're not wrong there. I was just thinking, like, it would be so great to have, like, Kang has met a couple of versions of himself. And like he said, you know, they do the thing where it's like, oh, hey, I love your nose. Nice shoes, you know, and everything like that. Right. And like, what if there are multiple and like that kind of that kind of built his confidence of like, I need to meet more versions of myself. Like we could do really great for the multiverse. And there's a couple of different versions of him in a room and they go to meet another one. But it's the first of the like conqueror. Kangs. Right. And like the first thing he wants to do is, you know, he he introduces himself and they have that that conversation, but he tries to kill or does kill one of the Kangs in the room and the rest of them have to stop him. That mm. would be amazing. And like they they have to stop him. Maybe he, he kills one of them and injures another one, but they they ultimately kill him. Right. And then they have to have that discussion of like. Do we do we continue this? Or do we continue this so that we can put a stop to this guy or this type of guy? Because if this one exists, there's others that are right. like that. Well, and the thing that fascinates me about the he who remains, and I think going to be Kang going forward, is the idea that he believes he's the hero of the story, yep. as, as all good villains do. And the idea that you can think you're the hero of the story while looking across the table at a man who is you and thinking he's the villain. Yep. That fascinates me. And yep. what I want to see if, if, if we got a theoretical Kang movie, what I would want to see is like the sort of descent into war and the descent into violence that the main character thinks is justified, but he's just looking across the table at another version of him, you know? And, like, yep. all that stuff that He Who Remains said about not all are as benevolent as I am, like, that's bullshit. He's not benevolent. He's just another version of the Conqueror. He conquered. Like, he when he, he says all that is about being benevolent, but then a line later he says, I put an end to the multiversal war. And you can tell like that yeah. anger in his voice is still resonating from a thousand years ago or whatever, you know, it's yep. uh, oh, I just freaking love that episode, man. <laughs> just love it so much. <laughs> and I can't wait to see more of Kang. What is it? 2023. We get Ant-Man three. Who's supposed uh, to have quantum mania. Yeah. yeah. It's supposed to be next year. Mm, that's exciting. All right, guys. Well, those are our, uh, our ideas. Feel free to send in your own if you've got an idea for a uh, director or writer or someone who's taken on a project who you think would be great for a certain MCU project. You never know. They may steal our ideas. They do it all the time. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Um, I'm sure they do. <laughs>
Feige, if you're listening, cut the check. <laughs> yeah, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, by the way, this was a commissioned episode by Jay Scotty. If you would like to commission episodes, we do have a tier for that on our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash mcucast. Join the Patreon and uh, you can commission episodes. We get to them as quickly as we can. And we're going to try to do as many as we can in this little uh, this break here. This little lull. This lull in content. Um, so thanks again. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.